I enjoy delegating. I get like this, this kind of dopamine hit from being able to hand something off and not do it anymore personally. And so, you know, a lot of people do that, but they do it verbally or they do it by sending email instructions or a Slack message. And so documentation is just a more fail safe way to do that. That's Chris Ronzio, founder and CEO of Trainual. It's not like I get this joy out of process documentation. It's that I get this joy out of building an asset of the company. And I feel like each time I document something, I get something out of my head, I am increasing the value of the business. I'm Michael Mogul, founder and CEO of Crisp, the nation's number one law firm growth company. I've built my business through practice, not theory. Crisp started with just $500 to my name and has grown to over eight figures in revenue over the last few years, earning a spot on the Inc. 500 list of the fastest growing private companies in America. Our approach has been to take everything we've learned about generating massive growth within our own organization and help the country's most ambitious and committed law firm owners do the same for theirs. In each episode of this podcast, I sit down with innovative market leaders from the legal industry and beyond to learn from those who thrive in the face of adversity, challenge the status quo, and define what it means to be a true game changer. I sat down with Chris Ronzio to discuss why documentation is essential to delegation, the biggest mistakes leaders make when attempting to streamline their business, and how to build and leverage your very own business playbook. And it's when you combine all of those four things, you know, your, your profile and your culture, your people, your policies, your processes, all of that is what defines your business, the asset of your business. And if anyone wants to get up to speed in a new business, they need to know those things. And if an investor wants to come in and participate in your business, they need to know those things. And if someday you wanna sell your business, the buyer is gonna to need to know those things. And so what we're doing is just capturing all of the DNA of your company in one place. That's coming up on the Game Changing Attorney Podcast. Before we begin today's episode, I want to remind you that we aren't beholden to any sponsors or run any ads on this podcast. This allows us to present all of our episodes raw and unfiltered. I'm not going to push any made-to-order meal services on you or try to save you any money on your car insurance. That being said, I have one small request. If you receive any value from this podcast, please give it a five-star review. Pay the fee so we can keep this podcast free. Chris Ronzio is the founder and CEO of Trainual, a modern onboarding, training, and knowledge management platform for growing businesses. He's also the best-selling author of The Business Playbook, how to document and delegate what you do so your company can grow beyond you. I began our conversation by asking Chris about his upbringing and the experiences that shaped him into becoming the leader he is today. So my dad was in the corporate world. He was like climbing the corporate ladder. He was traveling all the time, five days a week, never around. But when he was around, he would take me to his office and he had this big corporate kind of office with like you'd walk into the lobby and there would be uh, an, a uh, you know water fountain with a little waterfall. You'd throw pennies into it. And then we'd go up to his office and he had like a mahogany desk and he had a briefcase. And so I knew I wanted to be in business, but I didn't want to be attached to the phone and the plane and always on the road and have that corporate job. And so 
as a kid, I would print out business cards for myself and make up little business ideas because I wanted to be like my dad. And it was washing cars and landscaping and selling wrapping paper door to door and any little kid business that I could make $10 and stuff it in my fanny pack. That's what I was doing every summer, every weekend. Uh, so I just kind of grew up experimenting with entrepreneurship, selling door to door, convincing neighbors to let me like clean their yard furniture or dust their house or, or whatever, you know, to make money. And so it was when I was in high school that I made my first real business, which we have in common, I think, it was a video production company. So I was 14 years old, started this video production company, and it was for events, youth sporting events. It started at my school with like soccer games and football games. And then we started doing state level tournaments and championships, baseball tournaments and uh, cheerleading championship kind of things, uh, big dance events. Then that went to regional events in New England where I grew up. And I ran this business for about 12 years through high school, through college. That's where I really learned a ton about business. And the one thing that stood out to me as we grew to three offices and 300 camera operators doing events across the U.S., was that we had to systematically pull off every one of these live productions in all 50 different states, looking and feeling and acting like we're the same company. So I put so much energy into standard operating procedures and the, the software tools we used and the training for all the, the, the crews that we hired. And that became what is Trainual today. So I'm curious, even when you were developing those things, even prior to all this, like what, what was there a problem or a situation that arose that you're like, man, we need to have a way of standardizing things and creating systems and processes? Because I imagine, I mean, look, even starting out at 14 years old, um, it was probably a, a hustle starting out, right? It's just like, let's just grind, let's just get that first client, second client, we'll start hiring additional people, expanding our capacity. At what point did you realize, like, we've got to systematize this whole thing? It was like my first month of college. So in high school, you know, it was me, it was a friend of mine who was like a co-founder in the business. And we were really the technicians. Like he was the camera operator, I was the editor. And then we would bring our friends and kind of loop them in to sell copies of things. But when I went to college, I couldn't do that role anymore. And so it was a rude awakening to realize, okay, I have to hire a camera operator. I have to hire an editor. Or we've got two events on the same weekend. How am I going to get this done? So what I would do is I would take a, the, the train from my dorm down to where some other schools were. Emerson is this film school in Boston. So I'd hang outside of Emerson and just get people signed up as contractors for my video business. I would take like a Polaroid picture of them. I would interview them about like the types of things that they could do. And I'd stuff them in this little like three ring binder directory so that when I got jobs, I would just flip through my directory and say, okay, who can do this? Who can edit? Who can film? And I would staff the events. And so the first event that I staffed with other people that I wasn't at was horrible. Like the quality was so bad. The client wanted a refund. It was just a disaster. And so I realized like I can't hand things off to people if they're going to do them much differently than how I do them. I need to start to standardize that. And so we came up slowly over the years with our standardized ways of how we intake orders and how we edit videos and what lower thirds we used for things and how you make the intro. And, and we had these kind of recipes that then people could replicate. And that's when the business started to grow. But tons of mistakes at the beginning. And then I guess as, as we kind of skip you know, past a few years, what ultimately led to, to Trainual? Because if, if, and, and 
for those listening, so number one, full disclosure, we are a, a client of Trainual. We absolutely love it. Um, it's, you know, in many ways, I guess it's a training manual that does everything from SOPs, onboarding, process docs, and so on. But I'd love to hear like what, what led to creating that or creating a, a software platform. Yeah, so in my video business, we didn't have our own software. We just kind of cobbled together a lot of documents and folders. And I had like a password protected WordPress site where we would do com- some form of training with the people that we'd hire. And then we had a CRM that we would like track people's progress with different tags. And we had this other system that we would send people little quizzes to know that they had gone through the training. And then we had template kind of emails that we would send people. So we stitched it all together and that worked for us, but it was hard. And so I ran that business for 12 or 13 years. And at that time, the iPhone was starting to shoot in HD and sporting events, youth sporting events were looking a lot different with all the parents holding up their phones. And we started thinking like we either need to reinvent the business model. uh, I need to get really excited about this next phase of the business, or maybe it's time to sell the company. And so as I started thinking about selling the company, I talked to my director of operations. He was interested in being president. So I promoted him to president. I trained him on all the last things that I did. And then I stepped back as just kind of an owner investor in the business and to fill my own time. I started this little side consulting thing. I called it Organized Chaos. And what I did was go from business to business to business, all different kinds of companies, all different industries, and I'd help them kind of package together how they did what they did, like my video company. And I fell in love with doing that. And so a year or so later, I sold the video business. I went all in on consulting, and I became the the operations consulting practice that was helping people build their operations manuals, their playbooks. And we would do roles and responsibilities and policies and procedures and kind of your culture deck and everything about your business. But we were doing it with Word docs and Google docs and YouTube videos. And I thought if this business of mine, this consulting business is really going to grow, we need some IP. And so we made a little software project, called it Trainual. Uh, I came up with that because it, the, the domain was available and training manual, you know, it just kind of made sense. And that was uh, that was about eight years ago now that that the first initial version of Trainual came to be. Now, I'm just curious, do you enjoy like writing processes, creating processes and procedures? So, because I, I would agree with you entirely that I understand the necessity of them. I agree with the value of them. Now, me personally, like sitting down and writing them out, like I'm generally not that guy, but I'm curious if, if that was something you loved on, on the way to Trainual. I enjoy delegating. I get like this this kind of dopamine hit from being able to hand something off and not do it anymore personally. And so, you know, a lot of people do that, but they do it verbally or they do it by sending email instructions or a Slack message. And so documentation is just a more fail-safe way to do that. Like if you have a format and if you know how to do it, you're answering the questions people could ask you in advance by documenting a process really well so that they don't have to ask you so many questions. And so for me, it was, let me just record a video on how to do this. Let me type up some instructions. Let me show you an example of how I've done this before. And now that's like one brick that I can put in the foundation of the business that I don't have to worry about. I know it's stable. I know somebody else can do that and I can go focus on other things. So for me, it's not like I get this joy out of process documentation. It's that I get this joy out of building an asset of the company. And I feel like each time I document something, I get something out of my head, I am increasing the value of the business. That's what gives me joy. 
Absolutely, absolutely. And, and for those listening um, that may be wondering, they may, I'm sure people are going to feel overwhelmed to some degree when they think about documenting their business. How much of a business do you believe needs to be truly documented? So I say it's like 50 to 80% of your business is probably consistent enough to be documented. But then that other 20 to 50% is still experimentation and innovation. And things are changing in a business all the time. And so the mistake a lot of people make is they think, I need to write everything down or record everything. And then a couple of weeks later, something changes about your business and now you can't keep the thing up to date. So it just collects dust and it turns into garbage. Instead, just document the really consistent, really repeatable stuff. And so in a company, I say you should start where you get the most ROI. You get the most ROI from the things that affect every single person in the company. And so one of the things we recommend is that you start with your orientation, the culture, the values, the mission, the vision, the stuff that doesn't change a lot in the business, but that everyone in your business needs to know. That's documentation, capturing all of that and getting your people aligned on all of that. And so that's really the first thing. And then from there, it starts to trickle down into what's my biggest department or what's the role that I have the greatest number of people in that are all doing the same thing. Those are really high ROI activities that you can create a standard for and move down into the more granular stuff if you ever need to. And I want to, I want to transition talking about the book, The Business Playbook. Um, so how do you define this? Like what, what typically goes into a business playbook? So a playbook, as I define it, is four things. And the, the book, The Business Playbook, you can all check it out. It's on Amazon or Barnes & Noble, wherever. Um, it's four things. First, your business has a profile to it. In the same way you would have like a dating profile or a social media profile, what's the profile of your company? What is the history, the bio, the background of your company? Why did you start this in the first place? What industry are you in? Who's your ideal customer that you serve? What are the products and services that you offer to those customers? What is your mission and your vision and your values? All those cultural things that connect you and the people in your business. That is the profile of your company. That's what makes your business different than some other company, even if it's in the same industry. And so the profile is the first piece. It's the easiest place to start. After that is your people. So people in your company, again, two competitors in the same space will be very different because of the people that work in those businesses. And so the roles and responsibilities that make up your team, the departments and teams and squads and locations and that structure of your business. And then for each individual, what is their bio and background and contact information and a directory of everyone? That's all of your people section. After that is your policies. So policies are like the cultural norms, you know, what's okay and not okay to do at this business. You're answering questions in advance for your people. You're sharing what your benefits are. You're sharing what your rules and regulations, your handbook, that sort of thing. Those are all your policies. And then finally is your processes. These are your standard operating procedures, the how-tos in your business. And it's when you combine all of those four things, you know, your, your profile and your culture, your people, your policies, your processes, all of that is what defines your business, the asset of your business. And if anyone wants to get up to speed in a new business, they need to know those things. And if an investor wants to come in and participate in your business, they need to know those things. And if someday you want to sell your business, the buyer is going to need to know those things. And so what we're doing is just capturing all of the DNA of your company in one place. And that's what your playbook is. 
and, and I'm sure for those listening, I think everyone would agree, like this would be incredibly valuable to have for their organization. But how does somebody go about getting this done, right? And on average, I'm sure it varies by organization. How long does it take? Well, it, it depends a lot on the size of your company, but we've had people that sign up for our system and, you know, message us on a, on a Saturday that they're, they spent 12 hours doing this because somebody's hot, starting on Monday and they just built the whole thing out and they, they, you know, fell in love with, with it. And that's a cool story. I think the more typical story is that it's like a one to three month kind of thing to really get the, the brunt of the work done. But then it's never done. It's like you invest a lot in the foundation and starting this, but then you're always going to be updating your policies, your processes, your roles and responsibilities. So it's it really is like a living, breathing thing. But for most people, I would say it's reasonable to take off that big chunk as like a, a quarterly project or a, a half year project. And and is this typically like, like, does this rest on the leader or is it typically someone within the organization? Who, who do you recommend or even spreading it out across the organization to get it done? Yeah, it, all the knowledge in the person in the business is not within one person's head. And so this is definitely something you should crowdsource. So one of the things you can document early on is your guide to documentation, right? Like your standards for how you want things to look and feel. What are the fonts and the colors and the writing style that you want people to use? How much detail should they use? And you could define those things in our product, but if you're just using pen and paper or Word docs, whatever you use, set a standard for documentation because then you can hand it off to everybody and ask them to document what they do in the business. So everyone in your company that has a different role has a set of responsibilities that may or may not make sense to document. So you start by documenting everyone's responsibilities. You know what everyone does in the company. That's just good hygiene for a business. When you hired someone, you gave them a job description and how much does that job description change over the next month or year or 10 years or whatever? It changes a lot. And so knowing what your responsibilities are is kind of the, the precursor to process. And then of those responsibilities, you say, are there things that a lot of different people are doing that we want to be done more consistently? Well, let's document that. Are there things that we want to hand off from one person's plate to another? Well, let's document that. Or are there things that we just do so often, so frequently in the business that they're really high risk if they're done wrong? Let's document that. Those are the really high priority things to document. And then there's other things that, you know, maybe just like a, it's done once in a while. You know, we all kind of know how to take out the trash. We don't really need an SOP for taking out the trash. You don't have to worry about those things as much. So don't go crazy. Focus on the, the high priority stuff. And speaking of that, what where, what are some of the mistakes that people can make when they go about documenting just you know, their, their entire organization? First, too much detail. So nothing's worse than sitting down as a new employee and getting like a 500 page book slapped on your desk and say, you know, read all of this. And I think we can overwhelm new employees like a fire hose of information. And so what I would suggest is first, don't document crazy amounts of detail, document just enough to answer the basic questions. So I've got this formula in the book for like a, a perfect SOP. And it talks about like, who's the owner of this thing in the business? How frequently is it done? What does it look like when it's done right? How long should it take me to do this thing? Why is this important for the business? What are the steps? Like th that recipe is something that you can write down for every process in the company. But when you go into crazy amounts of detail that you're just tired of writing the process, 
then you're going to have this burdensome task that you just don't want to do. Um, we actually rolled out this tool uh, recently called Trainual Capture that just records what you're doing while you do it in your browser. And that's another great way to document because whether it's a screen recording or our tool for capture, it doesn't take you at much longer to document than it does to actually do the thing. You just push the record button and do it. And so I would say that documentation can happen in the background and it doesn't have to be this gargantuan task that overwhelms you and, uh, and doesn't get done. I think you also mentioned this in the book, but just writing down processes that aren't proven yet. So just making sure that they're battle tested. Yeah. Yeah. I say don't write the way until there's a right way. You know, like if you're still trying to figure it out, then it doesn't make sense to write down the instructions because you'd hand them to somebody and then you might change your mind next week or it didn't work in the field. You know, the customer didn't like that way of doing it. So now back to the drawing board and you throw the instructions in the trash. And so you really want to write procedures and policies, processes for things that are battle tested, for things that you've done consistently over and over and over again. And really the main motivation for documenting is delegating. It's like, I've been doing this thing over and over and over, and now I wanna pass this responsibility to someone else and they need to do it in the way that our customers expect. So now is when we write the instructions. If you don't wanna delegate something, then there's little incentive to create the documentation, you know? I know it's interesting thinking about just when you look at other organizations and fortune 500s and like, I mean, I think in the book, you give the example of um, just even like fast food restaurants, right? Like let's say you go to McDonald's in Arizona or McDonald's in Atlanta, the fries are cooked the same way. Everything's done the exact same way. Um, how do you go about actually utilizing this, this playbook and actually rolling it out to the team? Yeah. So, I mean, what you mentioned that fast food example, you know, for me, I think back to the E-Myth, which is one of the first books I read and Michael E. Gerber, who wrote the E-Myth, uh, wrote the intro to my book, which was really cool. And in his book, he talked about how every company could have a franchise prototype, meaning like whether you want to franchise your business or not, if you were to franchise the company, what's that prototype, that operation that's just so fine-tuned, it runs really well, that you could scale to have more locations. And if you wanted to have more locations, you would need the operations manual, right? You would need the, a training manual of some kind to be able to hand to the operator of that next location. And so it was a big inspiration in creating Trainual was now that you know you need to systematize, how do you actually get this done? And so we make it easy to do the work of documenting in the product. And we talked about like crowdsourcing it, getting a lot of people involved. But how do you actually roll it out to people? Well, the first thing is have a date, have a deadline of when you're going to roll out something. You know, this can't be a task that just goes on forever. You have to set some kind of launch date for when you're going to put things out to the company. And I recommend doing it in phases. Like if you launch all of your company section and you get people bought in and aligned on your core values and on the company story, it's a really easy way for them to dip their toe in the water and say, okay, cool. Like I, I've heard that some of this stuff before, or maybe it's changed since I started, but now we're all speaking this common language. We're all coming from the same place. Then your people can help a lot with building out their own roles and responsibilities. That's something that you can crowdsource before you do a lot of the detailed process documentation work. So you get them invited and you bring them in and have everybody document their own responsibilities. What do they do every day, every week, every month, every year? What are the regular tasks on their plate? 
get their managers involved to make sure that there's alignment on that. And then you start to cherry pick the things that you want to document for the business. And when everybody's participating in this and everyone understands why we're doing this as a company, you start to get a lot of buy-in and you build momentum of people wanting to contribute, of people wanting to get their completion score to 100%. There's a little bit of a, a gamification there. And then they want to keep it that way. And so over time, you know, anything you put in Trainual that you need to roll out to people, it's just a couple of clicks. You say this goes to everybody or it goes to this team or it goes to this role. It assigns it to them. It alerts them on their, their phone, their watch, their email. And then they log in and they get back to 100%. And so that's that's really why the system is great. It's for that accountability of I know I'm up to speed on how the company does what it does. And, and I want to delve more into that in terms of the platform itself, just in terms of an online like software platform, because there's a lot of ways to do this. I think you've been really good in saying that, look, you could you could write out a bunch of documents and so on, but that seems incredibly messy. I mean, having it online means that it's accessible. It's you can search it. You know, what, what are some of the other benefits? Yeah. So having it on a, a online first, you can put all different media formats into it. So unlike paper or just like a standard you know, Google Doc or something, you can embed videos, you can embed slides, you can put files within files, you know, you could put maps or Spotify playlists and Instagram feeds or whatever you want. You know, you can make it like kind of rich content with animated GIFs and just some fun stuff. Um, so that's one. Two, you've got that accountability element of being able to actually assign and track that all of my people have seen this stuff, that they've seen the latest version, that it's up to speed. It tracks like the date it's last been updated and it'll prompt people to update the content if it's you know 90 days old or untouched after a certain amount of time. There's repeat trainings you can do. So if there's something that you want all of your people to go through every year or every 174 days or whatever, you set that up in the system and it prompts them on those intervals to come back in and, and learn that thing. And then like you said, Everything's searchable uh, on the mobile app, you know, iOS, Android, and it's easy to find what you're looking for. Um, we just rolled out this new thing that it's a, it's again, it's a browser extension for Google Chrome, Microsoft Edge. Um, any website that you're on anywhere in the internet, you can attach a URL to the content in Trainual so that it shows you this little glowing dot on that page and you can pop up your content, your SOPs, your training while you're on that page. So any other app that you use, if you need the, the reference uh, at your fingertips, then we help you with that too. And I know you mentioned that, I think in, in the book, just making this like almost like a quarterly exercise of like, how, how do you keep this sort of thing up to date? Yeah, so every process in your business should have an owner. And in Trainual, we have subjects or, you know, that the content you can assign an owner. So if everyone owns certain processes in the business, then they are responsible for keeping those updated. They're the one that's accountable for this being done right, for people being trained on that content. And so we just have a, a cadence in our company where managers, people managers, even ICs that own those processes keep them up to date every quarter. So it's something that they're reminded about through the system uh, and that we just talk about in our company meetings, making sure that they've they've updated their their content. And I'm, I'm sure you, you hear this objection a lot in the sense that, let's say, you, the, the listeners of this podcast, a lot of them are law firm owners. Some might be thinking, well, you know, we approach every situation or let's say a client situation a little bit differently or like this, this is a little bit different. Like we can, can't necessarily put a process behind that. What, what are your thoughts? What, what can get a process versus what can't? 
Yeah, it's almost like a math equation with like a variable in it, you know, like you can still have the equation and then you substitute in the custom thing for every client. You know, I hear this a lot for agencies as well. Like, how am I supposed to document creative work? Well, there's a process that surrounds that creative work, right? Like you may not have a process for coming up with ideas in your head, but you may have a system for saying, you know, this is the communication for the with the client. This is the schedule. This is the invoice. This is the template. This is uh, the environment that we put ourselves in for this kind of brainstorming. This is where you, you know, save your ideas or how you communicate them to the other team members. And so really anything can have a process wrapped around it. And even if you have different situations, circumstances for your, your clients, um, you're not going to document every circumstance, but you're going to document the process of how it gets done. So another example I'd give you is, you know, the how to behave in a certain legal situation is almost similar to like how to do surgery as a surgeon. You know, like you, you, the hospital doesn't give you the instructions for how to do any type of surgery. Like that's your years of experience that gave you that. But the hospital does give you instructions for how to show up for the surgery, where you get your tools, how you file the notes in your electronic medical records, how you do the follow-ups, you know, who else is in the room with you. There's a lot of process that surrounds that part of your business that um, is really experiential. And Chris, I'm curious, how do you know, like, let's say you, know, you put together this playbook, how do you know if it's any good? Like, how do you know if it's effective? <laughs> well, you could ask us, we'll help you with it for sure. But you know, it's effective if your people are, are doing things right. You know, that's what this is really all about. Like, do you have great employees that feel connected to your business, that are being retained in your business because they want to be there? And that are performing well in your business because you've given them clear expectations of what they should do in their role. And you've given them clear instructions for how to do things that have a minimum level of satisfaction, you know. And so if you've given people those instructions and, and you're running a, a great business, I think that's that's the outcome uh, of having a great playbook. Yeah, And, and, and you know, I was going to ask you this. It's just uh, what does your company trend look like? You know, because I'm always always curious, right? Because obviously, being working with, I think you guys have over seven thousand businesses that you guys have worked with. Um, I mean, is, is your trend impeccable, or would you say that there's areas for improvement? Oh, my completion score is at a hundred percent, like pristine. I promise you. I'll share my screen and show you if you want. But it's it's uh, the 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 company overall is is very organized, but we're also experimenting a ton, you know, like because we are kind of eating our own dog food or using our own product, we get a lot of beta features in our account that, uh, that we're constantly like tweaking and playing with. And, and our, our sales teams and customer success teams will often use our account for demos of things. And so our account is like, I would say very organized for the 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 actually running the business and t training our new hires, but then it's like also a playground for all the new stuff and fun stuff that we're working on. And and as this has continued to grow and scale, I don't know how much you can you can share on this, but like, what do you see as the future of Trainual? We're just scratching the surface. You know, when you look at business products, B two B products, like you know, I think QuickBooks has two million companies on it. And, you know, HubSpot has 300,000 companies and, you know, like you, you, you know, there's a massive market for businesses. And so my big drive is to help 
companies, all companies like yours, like mine, have a playbook and this to be a new category of software that people have. You know, everybody has their communication suite, their email, their calendar. Uh, they've got chat systems like that's how they communicate. And then people have project management systems to help manage the work as they grow. And then they get CRMs to manage their relationships as they start to have like repeat customers or a funnel. And they've got their financial systems to manage the business with payroll and accounting and all that. But what about like the knowledge of the company? You know, that institutional knowledge that's just floating around in everyone's head. That is a category that has not been solved. There is no tool for that yet. And that's what we're trying to be. So I will say that you guys have a tremendous amount of like integrations and I'm curious as to like how, how you recommend organizations best integrate Trainual into like just their ecosystem, whether they have another tech stack, a lot of the things that they're using. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so the easiest thing to plug in first is if you have a payroll system, an HRIS system, or an applicant tracking system, so any of those hiring tools or employee kind of system of records, if you have one of those, you can likely just link it straight to Trainual and it'll sync all of your people. It saves a lot of time first when you're getting started, but also if you ever had to terminate someone or change someone out of the business, it'll instantly shut off their access to Trainual as well. And so that relationship between that like system of record and the knowledge system, I think is the easiest integration. And then the other ones, the the other big ones are, um, you know, communication systems like, like Slack, you know, being able to prompt people when there's something new or have them search for something wherever they are. Uh, the extensions that we have with Chrome and Edge, the the iOS and Android apps. Uh, and we've got this other cool, I don't know if you use these, but I'll hold it up. This this little trainial tags, have you seen these? No. So the, it's, it's like, um, it's like a little uh, NFC chip um, where you can stick these to anywhere in the physical world for people that have offices or inventory or manufacturing. And then you touch your phone to the little dot and just like Apple Pay or something, it'll pop up with the trainual content on your phone. And so being able to just like get the knowledge you need wherever you are is, a, is an important driver for us. So I know I mentioned this at the start, but you are a phenomenal, phenomenal entrepreneur. I mean, just with all the various ventures and things that you're involved in. Um, how do you define success? Uh, wow. Interesting question. How do I define success? Um, I think I think success is is fulfillment. You know, like like I I think the, of those two things kind of one and the same. If if I set out to do something that is challenging and exciting and and hard and has a purpose and I achieve it, I feel really fulfilled that I achieved that thing and that's what I attune to success, I guess. Um, and, and so looking back, you know, at, at just the past helps you measure success. I think a lot of people think of success, like, will I get to this point or I, I will be successful when I get to this point, but everyone has achieved some level of success in their life. If they look backwards, if they compare themselves to their past self. And so all of that fulfillment, all of that accomplishment in the past is how I look at success. And, you know, in, in between kind of balancing what's going on in the business and then personally, I know being, uh, I think you run an Ironman, you're very active that way. Like, what are some of the habits that you practice that keep you on track and, and engaged? 
Yeah. So on the fitness side, you know, it's funny for years with my video company, I was like dragging equipment around the United States and, you know, always in airports and, and running cables and arenas. And I felt like I was in such good shape. So when I started consulting, I wanted the exact opposite. I wanted to carry around like an iPad and a briefcase and that be it. And, and I was eating at nice restaurants. I felt like I was getting out of shape. And so when I started Trainual, uh, my brother, who's our CMO, he encouraged me to uh, so to get into races. So first it was like a Spartan race, and then it was a half marathon, and then it was a, a sprint triathlon. And the unlock there for me was having something on the calendar gives me a reason to train. I think in the same way that having a reason to document, like you want to open a new location or hire a new person gives you a reason uh, to write that stuff down. Having something on the calendar gives me a reason to want to wake up and go for a five mile run or go for a long bike ride. And so that's my number one trick on the, on the fitness, the health side is put some date on the calendar, some challenge, something that you're training for. And that makes training a lot easier. Uh, other habits, like on the family side, I have two kids and, uh, and I've been married for 12 years and making time for them is super important to me. So I'm home every day for family dinner. Uh, I, the weekends are like off limits for any kind of work stuff. Um, my wife and I go away like quarterly for a little trip. We do a weekly date night. Um, I, I same thing quarterly with each of the kids alone time. So I set up those kind of habits, those things that are just in the calendar to make sure that they happen and, and they add a, a ton of value to my life. Man, I love it. I love it. Well, well, Chris, I know you've got a, a Christmas party to get to. Uh, I, I'll close this out. So this being the Game Changing Attorney podcast, you, sir, clearly a game changer. Uh, what does being a game changer mean to you? So I'm going to use a basketball analogy because I've got a, a, a shirt on it for anybody that sees the video. It says Merry Swishmas and Santa's like playing basketball. Um, you know, when you watch a game, I guess whether it's basketball or any sport, there can be these pivotal turning points in a game where like a team goes on a run or the whole energy of the thing changes, right? And that's game changing. That is a moment in the game when the energy changed, the, 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 a team goes on a run, they start to score, and the game is never the same. And I think game changing to me in business is the same way. Whether you find a key hire that's a leader in the business, or you find a key software tool that like revolutionizes your company, or you find a new customer segment, or you come up with a new product, there are these moments that are pivoting our trajectories and saying, wow, the business will never be the same after this. That's what game changing is to me. I want to give a huge thank you to Chris Bronzio for taking the time to speak with us today. And I want to thank you, yes, you, for listening to this podcast and for your commitment to growing as a leader. If you found this episode valuable, here are three free ways that I can help you grow your law firm. Number one, download the first chapter of my book absolutely free at GameChangingAttorney.com. Number two, you can shoot me a text at 404-531-7691 and I'll answer any question that you've got for me. And finally, number three, if you can leave this podcast a five-star review, it'll help us gain access to more influential thought leaders and bring their lessons learned here to you. For more information on our interview with Chris Ronzio, see the show notes for this episode in your podcast app or visit GameChangingAttorney.com.